I'm excited to be here this morning. Thank you for having me. I, um, before I jump into my word, just following on from Tim's um, report and what's going on with him, I've checked that it's okay to share, but many of you know Kate Bevan from down in, uh, at Seacoast, and she's just been diagnosed with the same thing of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So if you, um, she's determined to walk this journey with God, and she's a great woman of faith. But, uh, but if you can be joining in for prayer for her as well as she launches into this journey. And she's, um, she's got a great spirit and a great countenance. Uh, when I was speaking with her, she's very positive about, um, about walking this through and what God's going to do in it. And he's already been faithful with her. But if you keep Kate in your prayers as well, that would be really special. Awesome. Well, it's an interesting word. I always feel like God surprises me with the word he, he wants me to bring, but I really felt that this was for us for today and um, sort of bounced, this word sort of bounced around in my heart for a while after I was on a drive and I was listening to a radio interview with some comedian, I don't even know who he was, but... Um, they were asking all sorts of silly questions. I, I guess he had a movie coming out. And, but then they got to the end of it and they asked, do you have any regrets? And, uh, and they started bantering and talking and, and silly stories and things. And my mind sort of left the interview then and I began to just play that over in my head. If someone was to ask me, do you have any regrets? And, uh, you know, I, I really got to thinking about some of my probably unfortunate choices in my life that are a bit <laughs> unusual when you look back and definitely I have some cringeworthy moments that I just you know I think where was my head I wonder you know was it really the smartest thing to leave home at 16 and move to Tasmania to finish off my year 12 with no support and thousands of kilometers away from my family <laughs> I don't think so, but, um, (laughs) you know, I I really questioned in my mind, have I always responded with grace and poise and known just what to say or how to react to any given situation or how to cope with different situations? And I can undoubtedly say, no, I have not always reacted with poise or grace or known how to react or to cope. But regret... That's a different thing altogether. And the more I thought about it and even began to play out in my head, you know, if I had made different choices and if I had not gone on certain pathways, and I began to to think, well, the further I bounce those scenarios in my head and the further I sort of play with those thoughts, the further I am from the life I'm living right now. And so overwhelmingly I had to think, well, no... I do not regret anything because it's all the twists and turns and the ups and downs and the light and the darkness in life that weave together in the end to create this incredible tapestry and the fullness of life that we live. And it's all those little choices and the twists that bring us to where we are today which I wouldn't change for anything, by the way. You know, life is rarely all sunshine and lollipops. (laughs) And we are imperfect creatures, every one of us. And we're 
we have fallen such a very long way from that original creation and the intent of God when he first breathed life into man. And I think all of us at some point in our life can, can entertain those thoughts of what if? What if I'd made that different choice? What if I hadn't said that? I think at times in life we can all be in a place where we think, how on earth did I get here? Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I think at some places in our life we can really stop and think, where is God? But he does weave everything together. I read a funny little um, picture that came up on Facebook the other day and uh, it was a bit of a, a jokey type thing but it grabbed my heart because I was working into this message and I was really thinking about, about life and, and the different parts of it. And You know, sometimes in life there's little ugly bits and bits you just don't like. And so this funny little Facebook thing, you know, was a story saying that there was a pastor who had newly taken over a church. Some of you may have seen it. And, uh, and he called one of the elders out and asked him to pray at the beginning. And, uh, and the elder got up and, and he said, I don't like buttermilk. And the pastor opened one eye and peeped at him and thought, where is this going? He said, I don't like lard. This was getting interesting. I don't much care for plain flour either. He said, but when you mix that together and you put that in the oven, oh, I do like biscuits. And he went on to pray, God, sometimes we don't like the components and the individual parts of where we're at, but we trust you, Lord, to mix it together and that you probably are making something even better than biscuits. And that's kind of the gist of where I'm going with this message this morning. That God has a way of, of bringing life. And in Ecclesiastes, he says, he makes all things beautiful in its own time. And sometimes that time is entirely different to our time frame and how we want to see things and how we want it all to work together. But God has a way of bringing those bits and of mixing and blending them and creating something beautiful. It's the messy, it's the ugly, it's the distasteful at times, things that somehow under the hand of God and under his heat and the fire of his love, that he can birth something very beautiful, very strong and very tangible in our lives. I just really felt today, as I said, the, the whole thing of regret was playing on my heart as I was praying in, and I, it just wouldn't leave as I was praying for today. And I really believe that, that God wants to set people free today. I just can and hear in the spirit that there's, there's a breaking of those things that play in our minds sometimes and, and can draw us back even in unexpected moments when we think it's so far in the past but it'll come up and, and play. And, you know, regret and, and that thinking of what if and playing in your mind and as Jackie said this morning, it's that internal battle that can just rage sometimes and sometimes unexpectedly. And so there's a few different angles I really felt to look at this morning and 
The first one was the I was wronged situation, the robbing. And it does happen. We live in a fallen world. And there are times in our life when things happen to us that we don't have any control over. And it can come in so suddenly and and rip us off. And those things can be really hard to let go of. They can sit there in the background of your life. And I think the greatest example of that in the Bible that I can think of and, and a great one to draw from is from Joseph who was completely robbed of the life he anticipated that he believed he was born for. He was a child of favour. He was loved and spoilt. He had dreams and visions that excited him and captivated his heart. And then quite unexpectedly, I know most of you will know the story, he was rejected and abused by his brothers. He was thrown in a pit, sold to slavery in Egypt. Once there, he tried his best just to get on with things, but false accusation came against him. And when he tried to live within the integrity of his heart and to live for God, then he was imprisoned. And he was forgotten about by those that he had helped, even in the prison, by the baker and the cupbearer. He was left there for a very long time. I think he is one that would have every reason, like Job, the other one that came under incredible hardship, when, he, when Job's wife said, you know, just curse God and die. Joseph would have been a definite candidate to get that kind of attitude around his life. Where is God? How on earth did I get here? What if? He was definitely a victim of horrible circumstances. And yet, in the midst of all that, in the midst of years of being left imprisoned, in, the, in time and after, I'm sure, a lot of prayer, when facing his brothers, he was well able to see the hand of God on his circumstances. He could see that there was a greater plan. In Genesis, many of you would know it, it says that Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. And so they came near. And then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now therefore be, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity, a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. He goes on in Genesis 50 to say, But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. What an incredible, incredible heart that he had. It's no wonder God continued to exalt him and lift him and raise him up throughout everything. But it's all well and good for us thousands of years later to look back and go, oh, that was cool. But, but you know, many times throughout the Bible, all those people, it's so easy to skip over and, and forget the years 
between the breakthrough. When people fall into these awful circumstances and then it can, you know, Joseph spent over a decade sitting in a prison cell for something he never did. And yet all that time he was able to keep looking, keep trusting God. And I just really believe that for us, you know, don't think God has forgotten you. Don't think for one moment, where is God? But when we come to that place of being able to look back and not and set aside the emotion and the sting of those things that have happened and seek the hand of God in it. And what's he moving? What's he doing? You know, coming to that place of seeking out the lessons and the depths that have been plumbed in those places. Sometimes you may not be father to Pharaoh and king of a kingdom, but if you can look back and say, wow, we have been through that and I am still standing, that is a phenomenal victory. To rest in the fact that you are walking forward and your eyes are still on God. It's incredible what we find in those dark places. It is incredible the treasure that we pick up there. Isaiah 45.3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name and the God of Israel. You see, it's in those places that we will pick up things that you will never get by skipping along the mountaintops. You'll never find diamonds on the top of hills. But when God takes you deep, or when you let him find you in the deep, he will let you pick up something for your toolkit that will never leave you, something incredibly valuable. Romans 8.28, we all know this one. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. But that is just the trick. To those who love God, under the called according to his purpose. It's letting him in. It's finding what he would do in those moments. It's when we realize we're far, far away from God to look back to him, to seek him and see how he moves. You know, I had an experience uh, a couple of years ago now where I was asleep fast asleep, it was the middle of the night, and, and woke up with a, a real quickening of the spirit. And uh, it was the strangest thing, but the Lord began to walk me through a little room. And I know some of you in the room would have heard me talk about this before, but I, the Lord showed me a, a little room, and it was a memory that was long forgotten for me. I didn't torment me, didn't bother me, but it was there nonetheless. It had never been dealt with. And, uh, and the Spirit said it's time to open the door and to pull back the curtains. I said, okay. <laughs> and so in the Spirit began to, to go into this room and I was kind of bracing myself for the sting, for the pain. And you know, it never came. It wasn't there. But... but with the Lord, we just walked through the experience. I say a room because that really is actually what I was seeing in the spirit. And I, I walked through and, and touched the experience in, in my 
heart. It's hard to explain, but I think you know what I mean. But we walk through and I say, God, why are we here? This, there's no hurt. There's no pain. I, why are we doing this? And, and the Lord said, even this I need to redeem to myself. And I just really felt that there's some people here that need to let God into those little rooms at this time where maybe it's something way back in your past and you just don't think it even affects you anymore. You don't think it's relevant to you in your day-to-day walk. But I just feel like God's saying, just open up the door to that little room. Leave nothing hidden. Let him redeem it to himself and pour the light of his love over it. Because in those little hidden places where God is not there, it doesn't have his healing, his strength and his power. And sometimes we don't want to face them or we don't see a need. But in God, I just feel like there's a new season coming where he wants to just have nothing hidden. I feel like in the spirit as I was praying for today, I saw like the Old Testament sacrifices where they would get the goat and just split it down the middle and separate it apart on the altar. And I believe that God wants to do that with some of our issues, some of our stuff. And it's for freedom and it's for healing. And it's a really powerful and good thing. So don't fear it, but release yourself into the hands of God because he is a gentle healer and a loving healer, and he wants to move people forward. And it's all sort of well and good for me to, to stand here and sort of make little jokes about, about me like moving off to Tasmania and silly things I did with when I was young. But, um, but also, you know, there are things in our past and things that we look at that are not funny. <laughs> They're not... As, a one way or the other mistake or decision. But there are times in our life where we have made decisions or taken actions that really have caused pain to other people, where our decisions have deeply affected others. And I know I'm going a little bit deep here today, but I really, I just feel it's in God that he's looking to lift us up to a new level and to be set free from those things of the past. And so the other angle, I suppose, of regret that we have to look at is the I was wrong angle, where we have to own it and face it and walk in it. You know, I really know that those things where we've made a decision, and sometimes they're huge, momentous things, and sometimes they're just a a little stupid thing of something that was said something we've said to our kids, something there, but whether it's momentous and world-shifting or something that just torments you and plays back in your mind, it's time to look at it. It's time not to brush the past away, but it's time to just set it free a little bit. You know, the Lord is calling to really let go of those moments of torment and replay and to set them into the past and redeem them to God. You know, the Bible says that without letting God have his way in these memories and in our soul, so in our mind, will and emotions, that the product of carrying this is death in our inner man. And we let things just niggle. It's worldly sorrow that plays in our mind and replays. 
2 Corinthians 7 tells us, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. I know I'm a bit heavy on you this morning, (laughs) but it's real. This is real stuff. And, you know, all our songs this morning, thank you, Christy, by the way, for that awesome worship, we're building the grace and the love of God and the strength of of God in our life. Jackie's own revelation that she brought and, and laid a foundation for this morning was to take hold of that internal battle because that's when the external battle is won. So much of what we face plays out in our head and in our heart. And we're told in the Bible to keep short account, to be willing to lay our hearts bare and bring it before God and see what he wants to do in our life. There is so much incredible power in being willing to be transparent before God. Being willing to rend our heart and lay it open and let him in, as I said, into those little rooms that can be hidden. There is not one person on this planet that is exempt from the all-consuming love of God if we would just open our heart and let him in there. There is incredible testimonies time and time again throughout the word of God of people that found the incredible grace of God. Colossians two thirteen to 14 says, You being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. I don't know what else that was meant to say. But being made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he, was taken, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Wherever anyone has walked, whatever you've seen, everything we would hand over to Jesus was nailed to the cross. You know, every story in the Bible is God-breathed. Every one of the accounts that's shared with us is there for a reason. But I've got a feeling that David, if he were to look back on it, would have to sort of cringe at some of the things written about him. A man after God's own heart, a victorious king, a world changer, a warrior in battle. And yet, we also know that he was a liar a manipulator, an adulterer, a murderer. He was one, again, that we can look at the grand scheme of his life and think, what an incredible man, what an incredible life. But he really had to walk that journey through with many, many tears, with many times of getting on his face before God and crying out, with a confused heart at times for what was going on. Remember, he spent over a decade in a cave as well, being hunted for his life. Other times, he was on his face in utter repentance, rending his heart before God, pleading for forgiveness. So 
Psalm 51 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And I just really encourage anyone that is struggling in that area of forgiveness for themselves, for others, just meditate on Psalm 51. It follows the journey of David when he is really called out on that murderous plot when he, when he really came undone. As I said in the beginning, life is really all sunshine and lollipops. We are imperfect and we've fallen a long way from where God created us to be. Ooh, lost my spot. But that is really the beauty of the God that we belong to. He saw our brokenness and he didn't turn away, not for a second. He was filled with compassion for us. He saw our wretchedness as we sung in Amazing Grace today and extended mercy to us. There's a reason that song has played generation to generation. Because there is something so incredibly powerful when we are willing to say... In my own strength, I am wretched. But in God, we are perfected. In Christ, he is our fullness. And his love never fails. He promises us that even when we are faithless, he is faithful. And it's when we're filled with that revelation that there is nothing There is absolutely nothing of this world that can compare to the freedom that we're filled with. That perfect, unfailing love that washes us and renews us and strengthens us. It's that joy of our salvation that lifts us and propels us. And you know, I know for a lot of you I'm sharing this and you're like, yeah, we know. I know a lot of you are, I'm speaking to the converted here. But actually where I'm moving with this is because for me and for many of you I know, it's been a lot of years since you've reached that point of, of finding again the freshness of his love. For me, it's a lot of years since I've looked at my past and cringed. It's under the blood. It is what it is and as I said, it's led me to where I am. But now, and I suspect this is for a few of you as well, The challenge is different for me. The challenge, which is actually the same challenge, comes at me in a completely different angle than it did back then. You see, because the challenge now is that even though I've walked through there and I found a place of brokenness, I saw my own wretchedness and I received that infilling of the perfect love of God. And joyfully walked in it. But now, we share kids. (laughs) Where three of them are now living outside of our roof, for the most part. And so now I'm watching this journey from a new angle. Now I'm watching our kids walk their journey to the revelation of his perfect love. Now I'm looking from the perspective of a mum who would do anything to lift my kids and put them on a shelf 
and wrap them in cotton wool and say, never go down that path. No, you're not detouring down that way. (laughs) This is the way. Walk in it. And I can offer that counsel and I can offer prayer upon prayer upon prayer. But they, just like us, have their own unique journey to faith. Our kids, and for you it may not be your kids, it may be someone else you're praying for. It may be your spouse. It may be a good friend. It may be your parents. But each and every person has their own journey to faith. Each one has a testimony to be built in their lives, just like we all have. Where for me, I know I could have probably zigzagged a whole lot less (laughs) to get to the destination I wanted to get to. But because of the faithfulness of God, could turn and one step to God and he runs to you. And so now I'm watching, like I know many of you are, my children on, on their zigzagging journey. And I'm cheering for them and believing for them, trusting for them. And as I said, the role now is not to rescue, but it's to pray and to pray and to pray a little bit more. Because whether you're there on that journey and seeking that place or you're praying for someone else who's there, You know, the Bible tells us to dig out your wells of salvation with fear and trembling. To dig up your own wells. And we only start digging wells when we hit dryness. And so today, in kind of wrapping it all together, I just feel like God is is wanting just to touch and bring that fresh healing to his body first to those believers that are seated here, to encourage you to unpack those secret places, to let the light of God flood your heart afresh, to be willing again. There is no shame in God. To be willing again to open your heart, to look at who you were and look at who you are in him. To receive again that unfailing love. Because in the spirit there is such a drawing to come closer. To be nearer to him. There need not be anything in your heart that makes you drop your eyes from the gaze of Father God. Because everything, if you let him in, was already nailed to the cross. And even those things that you feel were so robbed from you, trust God with them. He promises to lead you, to bless you, to keep you, to keep drawing you into his plans. Man cannot undo the plans of God for your life. Things may shift to a different form than you ever expected them to look like. But no one can steal the purposes from God from you. 
one step to him and he will run to you. He's always, when you look back on your life, I know I can look back and even when I think, oh my gosh, I was so far away, but actually I can hear the knocking. Even amidst my memories, there was knocking on my heart. Even in the darkest places, I think, gosh, the grace of God was already there. And it's the same for each of us. And it's the same for the ones we're believing for. So maybe if if we just have a moment, I want to invite you to search your own heart. To let the Holy Spirit just come and move with you. And if you're like me and you've got people you're holding right there in prayer as well, I just pray for such a flooding of grace for wisdom for the knowledge applied knowledge that's all wisdom is of how to act and when to stand back and let the hand of God have his way Lord I thank you so much that you have loved us with an everlasting love my God that your unfailing kindness extends to each and every person my God and I do pray Lord for those of us here that have those those little things Lord even the small foxes that come to spoil the vine the memories that still hold sting that cause pain my God that right now by your Holy Spirit you would touch those places Lord that you would redeem those places and Lord in this moment We choose again to acknowledge that your timing is not our timing. That your ways are not our ways. And Lord, that though the promise may seem to tarry sometimes, Lord, that you are faithful, you are true, and beyond our understanding. You are working something, a far exceeding weight of glory, my God. Lord, we lift up our families. We lift up our loved ones. And we declare again that you are a good God. You are a mighty God. You are the one that flings open the prison doors. You are the one that exalts the humble. Lord, you are the one that brings life, even when there is death. And Lord, I thank you that you are leading your people to emotional strength, my God. That the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, would come and place his hand on your people, my God, right now. To bring peace, to anchor us, Lord. To keep us standing, even in the midst of the storm. 
we exalt you, Jesus. We thank you and we honor you for all that you've given for us. In Jesus' name.